Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Feldman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. We get a lot of uh, emails and DMs from people asking questions about uh, botanical method aquariums. And one of the things I've been seeing a lot of lately is a lot of new people, brand new people to the hobby, or not just new to our area, but new to the hobby, um, asking about botanical method aquariums and how, you know, how it starts, how we do things and... um, And I'm going to start talking more about how to start a botanical method aquarium again uh, as a beginner, as somebody with very little if no experience in the hobby, because I am starting to be convinced after years of doing this that you could start an aquarium from uh, zero experience, a botanical method aquarium, if you're willing to learn and follow a few rules. And and I think that's important. And it it takes me back to when I started in the hobby. Um, I started as a child. I was probably... I don't know, three years old, four years old. Those are my earliest memories. My dad was a guppy breeder and my first fish were some of his cold fry along with a goldfish bowl, some food and some good advice. And he used to say the classic advice, you know, feed them small amounts often, change some of the water every few days, watch them carefully and you'll be able to tell if they're having any problems. It was good advice. It was great advice. In fact, some of the best aquatic advice I ever received to this day, I apply those simple bits of advice to my aquatic efforts with pretty fantastic results. And I'll always be grateful to my dad, who not only for his love and compassion, not just for the advice he bestowed upon me, but for simply being there. He started me on this lifelong adventure in the aquatic realm, and it's an adventure that would take me from a kid with a fishbowl to an owner of an amazing online aquarium livestock vendor, and ultimately to 10 in aquatics here. So thanks to his love of the game, I learned a lot myself. How funny, though, that the most simple advice I've ever received has guided my aquatic passions far more than some of the complex directives I've been given by you know, well-intentioned aquarists over the years. My dad knew something that was pretty remarkable. If you have a passion, share it with your kids, teach them what you know, nurture their dreams, answer their questions, and encourage them in every way. This is something most parents do, right? Give your son and daughter their first fishbowl, their nano tank, baby guppies, whatever. Allow them to feel that excitement when they have that new plant, to find that cool angel fish they've been looking for, or create that perfect aquascape, embrace that geeky enthusiasm, and treasure them. And watch them, watch you evolve in the hobby. Look back at where you came from, where you went, and reflect upon where you're at now. After a certain number of years in the aquarium hobby, it seems as if you develop, in addition to an ever-growing you know, collection of fishes, plants, equipment, and stuff, a, a certain je ne sais quoi, an intrinsic knowledge, a sixth sense, or even a swagger, sort of, about your aquariums. Am I being right here? I think so. I mean, after you've collected, kept, propagated, bred, and yeah, unfortunately killed your fair share of them, you just kind of know when things are going well with your fishes and when something's terribly amiss with your collection. It's a skill or perhaps a blessing or even a curse that we afflicted hobbyists acquired during our tenure in the aquarium keeping world. You know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? Yeah, you've developed that crazy ability to look beyond the obvious when observing your tank and to be able to quickly ascertain what's going on in there. You can tell at a glance that your favorite you know, stand of aquatic plants is just not looking right or that your prize trophius is about to go south or whatever. Perhaps it's the result of that new supplement you just switched to or that change you made to your lighting program. Maybe it's a result of postponing your regular water exchange. Regardless of what it is, you have the ability to sense something's not right. It's pretty interesting. And after dealing with, well, now obsessing with aquariums for you know most of my life, and probably you the same after you've done this for a few years, you certainly develop a personal baseline for your animals. And when something is not right, it's immediately apparent to you. 
And the interesting thing is that this ability comes to everyone who keeps aquariums. Not, it's not just a skill reserved for the privileged few or the occasionally truly gifted aquarist. No, it's a skill that we develop over time based on observing and adjusting and enduring the trials, the tribulations, and the triumphs of an aquarium. Sure, you can read all about the fishes and their care online, in a book or a magazine, you know, chatting with other hobbyists, whatever, but the ultimate skill comes from practicing aquarium keeping. In other words, the hobby really separates the talkers from the doers without doubt or prejudice. You know because you're a hobbyist. And if you don't know, you'll learn if you stay in the game. You'll make stuff evolve. You'll encounter pests, equipment failures, diseases, bad results, you know, resulting from bad decisions. You'll also learn from the great decisions that you've made, from the hunch that you played about moving that plant a few inches to the right, or from the time that you've passed on adding that additional abramites or leporinus to your system, or from the brilliant decision to change out that old heater that was sticking in the on position just before winter struck. All decisions made as a result of your experience. No matter how large or how small your tank is, no matter how, what type of methodology you embrace, the longer you stay in the game, the more you develop the skill as long as you practice aquarium keeping. The funny thing is, even though it makes sense that, yeah, the longer you do something, the better you get at it, this doesn't always apply to aquariums. Some people can recognize that something's amiss, but they fail to interpret it or do something about it. Or maybe they just don't. We used to see this in reef keeping a lot. People would know that something was amiss and just get bogged down in analysis, sometimes with disappointing results. You'll develop the sense I'm talking about almost from day one in the hobby if you haven't already. And if you look back, I'll bet you already have. However, what separates the hardcore aquarium hobbyists from the masses who simply keep fish tanks is that the hobbyist with talent knows what to do with this innate sense. He or she knows that if something's not right, they need to make this or that adjustment or even do nothing at all sometimes. You know, because you've practiced aquarium keeping, you discuss aquarium keeping, and well, you live, eat, drink, and sleep aquarium keeping. It becomes not just a hobby, but a lifestyle. Many of us have an attachment to our fish and aquariums, much the way a cat or dog owner has an attachment to their beloved pet. It's way beyond just a hobby. It becomes part of a lifestyle. Yeah, to some people, it's not only part of their lifestyle, but a dominant factor in their existence, affecting all sorts of other decisions like relationships, travel, home buying decisions, economic goals, that kind of stuff. Sometimes it's not a healthy thing either. I've known reefers whose relationships failed, their finances collapsed, and their lifestyles negatively affected because they were more in tune with their tanks than they were with the other realities of life. I mean, yeah, those are extreme cases with perhaps other types of dysfunction present, but this, you know, the signs of aquarium keeping's effect on our lives, good and bad, are everywhere for almost all of us if you think about it. When was the last time you decided not to install that piece of equipment just before you left on the family vacation because you were afraid of the possibility that it could fail while you were out of town? Or perhaps you passed on a social engagement because you were doing a major overhaul to your aquarium, or maybe you didn't get that new dishwasher you really needed because it was more important at the time to get that new lighting system for your reef tank. All decisions that can have greater impact down the line or even collectively, possibly leading your life into unexpected new directions as a result. Now, again, these are extreme interpretations, but there are unintended consequences, both good and bad, to being a hardcore hobbyist. The difference is about how you let it affect you and the rest of your life. On the good side, many people have developed lifelong friendships as a result of their hobby. Some have went on to start companies that affected the industry and the hobby. 
Still others went on to share their experiences with others by writing or speaking at clubs. Rewarding turns that have enriched lives greatly, not only for the hobbyist, but for the other hobbyists who he or she came into contact with as a result of their mutual love for the aquariums. The intriguing thing about the hobby is just how addicting or engaging it can be, how all-encompassing and satisfying it is. I can honestly say that I don't think I've ever met a person who dabbles with aquariums. Then again, I tend not to hang out with people who dabble with aquariums. It's binary. They're either hooked on aquariums or they keep mice or dogs or whatever. Why is that? Well, I think that's part of the reason is that once you try a tank, you just sort of get it and your interest and passion blossoms from there. Aquarium keeping offers stimulation and challenges that few other hobbies can. It's what creates four tank fish rooms from one 10 gallon community tank in the living room for, you know, from Christmas time. Those of us who are hardcore hobbyists are basically in it for life. Sure, there might be a year or two when your interests or circumstances keep you out of the game for a bit, but we never fully disengage. I know a lot of aquarists who had some awesome tanks and then for one reason or another got out for a while. However, when they got back into it, and they always did, they would just tell me things like, yeah, I always followed the forums and read magazines and stuff. It just never really gets you out of, you know, gets out of your system. This thing that we do, this hobby, this pastime, this obsession, whatever you want to call it, seems to encompass every emotion you can experience and have in life, doesn't it? Pleasure, pain, happiness, sorrow, frustration, a sense of individuality, as well as a sense of belonging. They're all there. When did you know that you had that thing for fish? Was it a gradual transition from other hobbies or was it this thing that just hit you one day? Did you start on your own or did somebody else get you hooked? How long did it take you to get hooked on this hobby? What kind of impact does aquarium keeping have on the rest of your life? They're interesting questions to ponder, aren't they? A little more to ponder as we get on with this week. Make it a good one. Make it count. Keep evolving. Stay engaged. Stay philosophical. Stay thoughtful. Stay, I guess the word would be obsessed. (laughs) And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman from Tin and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of the Tin.